So um, I've had a couple of you guys ask me, like, how come I'm showing you certain chiropractors, you know, first uh, versus other chiropractors? Uh, and uh, here is why I'm showing you uh, the three S's first, right? If you think about it, you got Sid, Santo, and Sigafus. Um, the reason I'm showing you those guys first is because um, those guys completely, totally, 100% altered and changed my life in chiropractic forever. Uh, so, uh, and I always did a gratitude, like in my own mind, I have a board of directors in, in my brain. Uh, uh, and I developed this from Napoleon Hill, from Think and Grow Rich, uh, who had his little board of directors. Uh, I have a board of directors in my brain of the great people that I ask when uh, there's some sort of issue and I gather around, uh, we got BJ Palmer, Dr. Sid, Sigafos, Sigafos uh, Santo, uh, Fred Barge, uh, Reggie Gold, Larry Webster, my dad, my mom, uh, those are kind of people that are in my board of directors. Uh, but these guys have such an influence on me. Um, and if I could boil down one word that they gave me, uh, one thing, it would be confidence. Confidence. They gave me the confidence. Uh, Dr. Santo was um, practiced in New Jersey when I was practicing there years ago, uh, before he moved to Florida, like you heard him say. Uh, he, uh, he had given his uh, sons the practice when he left and moved down to Florida. But I had the good fortune of <clears throat> knowing Dr. Santo before that particular time. Uh, and we had lunch a number of times, uh, especially after I started attending a lot of DEs. Um, and he was very instrumental in a lot of things that have happened in my life. So, and one of the things I want to talk to you about occurred because Dr. Santo, like I'm doing podcasts right now, where Dr. Santo actually had a monthly tape series, which I subscribed to. Uh, and a lot of us at the, uh, subscribed uh, to it. Uh, and it was fabulous. I mean, he would come up with some unbelievable topic that month and just blow us away with his philosophy. Um, and I still have all the tapes uh, and I'm slowly converting those to CD, uh, uh, but I think it's just totally fabulous stuff. So um, one day, <clears throat> I'm listening to one of these particular tapes, um, and I'm driving home from work. It was a, it was a Friday night. It was a long, uh, busy day. I saw a lot of kids and pregnant women and stuff, just like I do now. Uh, and this was back in 1996. So were you guys even born then? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we were sick. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so good. So you guys are little ones, right? You guys are two years old? That's scary. Anyway, so it's 1996. I'm driving home. It's a pouring, raining day on a Friday night. In, in, I was in Cresco. My practice in Cresco. I'm driving to Harrington Park, where our house was. So I'm driving there, and it's pouring. I mean, like, teeming, you know, buckets of rain. And I'm listening to Dr. Santo's message, and... I'm rounding the one corner to go onto Schallenberg Road to go north up to where we lived. And um, he says this, quote, he says, uh, one of these days, there's going to be a plague in this country. And the only way we're going to survive is if everybody gets adjusted. And I remember turning the corner, and I literally stopped the car. And there was a gas station. There was a Getty gas station right there. I pulled into the gas station. And this is before cell phones, so I, I couldn't call Lisa and tell her anything. You know, so I'm sitting there, and the witchwipers are going back and forth, and I, I you know, press rewind, and I listen to it again. And it, he said, one of these days, there's going to be a plague in this country, and the only thing people are going to survive, the only way we can survive this plague is if everybody gets adjusted. 
And I remember thinking to myself, wow, that's such a profound thought. And I, I, still, don't, I, I still cannot understand exactly how this happened, but an entire novel, because I'm a writer, an entire novel appeared in my brain. And I was like, oh. So I went in the back and I pulled out a piece of paper and I started writing. And I wrote down in three pages or four pages a summary of everything about this whole novel. And, uh, and I knew my wife was probably freaking out because I called her from the office. I remember there's no way in 96 to call anybody home. And she's like, there's a pouring, disastrous rainstorm out there. And I hadn't called her. I know she was, well, she didn't end up being mad at me initially until I walked in with like this thing, you know, telling her why I was late. Um, but I, I wrote this thing out, and it turned into a novel called The Adjustment. Some of you may have heard of it. If you haven't heard of it, it's on my website. You can get it on Kindle. Um, but it's called The Adjustment, and it's exactly that. What happens if this country was affected with the plague, um, and what, what, what would chiropractic do about it? And I'm not telling you about it to tell you about the book. I'm telling you about it to tell you about the concept, because that is a possibility. What's going to happen to this country if you ever think about it, what would happen to our country if something really calamitous like that ever occurred? Who would possibly be the survivors? Right? And what are we doing about that? And I, I think chiropractic has become very short-sighted in that we haven't really thought about the entire population. We are so worried about increasing our percentage from like 10% to 11% to whatever it is that we're forgetting about it's not the, a percent of the population that needs it. Who needs it? Everybody. B.J. Palmer says, Everybody has a subluxation, and every subluxation needs an adjustment. Right? That's a direct B.J. Palmer quote from up from the low to bottom. So everybody needs to get adjusted. Not a certain select number of people. Right? And what are we doing about that? You know, I just saw th this one. I, I get all these emails from all these different random chiropractic marketing uh, places. And I get this one random email today that said, Chiropractors proven to help neck and back pain. Like, like wh where are we going to wake up to this? Like, first off, who cares? Like, of course. Duh. Like, I could have told you that in 1974, right? But the New Zealand report came out in like the 70s. Who cares, right? That, that's not important. I, I, I can't believe people are even studying this anymore. As if it's, as if it's, it's some. Revelation, you know, and, and I, I, I thought it was a joke at first. I said, this must be a joke. This must be someone like trying to pull your leg and then you read it and something else is there. And it wasn't. It was just like, we're so excited about this new study. That da, 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 da. Like, someone's really studying this? Right? You're really going really gonna, to uh, like try to, to teach this to someone? And then I was talking to one of our faculty members who is involved with a lot of the more national and international organizations. And he said, do you know that in the World Health Organization a couple of years ago, there was a meeting to figure out who would be the, the gatekeepers of back pain for the world? And do you know who was decided to be the gatekeepers of back pain? It wasn't the medical doctors. Who was it? It was the PTs. Why? Because there's more of them, and they're organized, and they're unified. There's not enough of us. They said, okay, so somebody's got back pain in Africa. What are they gonna do? Try to find a chiropractor? There's not very many of them, right? 
And even if they were, each chiropractor's got his own little way of doing things. They're completely disorganized and completely not unified. Right? So we've been fighting over this back pain, neck pain, headache, you know, territory forever. And do you realize I after 117 years, it ain't working. But you know what works? What works is taking care of the people and giving them full expression of their life potential. That's what works. Right? What happens, like in this postulation in this book was this, that if a, if, a chiro- if a plague hit this country, someone would notice, that, and this is just a novel, someone would notice that chiropractic patients did not get the disease, or if they did get the disease, they were a lot less affected. And could that be possible? Is that within the realm of possibility? Yes. Absolutely. If you've been getting adjusted for a long time, I would think your immune system is a lot stronger than most. Not perfect, right? Not great, not 100%, but it's certainly better than most. I look at my kids in my practice. And when I say my kids, I don't mean I only have one kid, but all the kids in my practice are my kids, right? That's how I look at them. They're like my extended family. Like I may have one biological son, as he calls himself. I'm your biological son. Uh, but I have a lot of other sons and daughters in my practice, and they're all my little ones, right? So I look at all those kids. They are way healthier than their friends. Way healthier. I look at my patients, and they are way healthier. I look at my pregnant women, and they are way healthier. Way healthier than the rest of them. Why is this? Is this a coincidence? Is this a happenstance? Or could someone say, well, it's, it's only because you attract a certain socioeconomic kind of person. I don't buy that. Because I take care of people at all kinds of levels. Right? We have hardship cases that are, can barely afford a tank of gas to come to my office, and we have people who live on paper mill that have like buildings the size of the school. Right? And everything in between. I, it has nothing to do with it. What has to, what has to do with it is their nerve system is working at 100%. And that's the whole postulation of the book. If your nerve system is working at 100%, you're probably going to have a lot better chance of fighting something off than if it isn't. Right? And that's really nothing to do with chiropractic. It's just like if your nerve system is stronger, you'll have a better chance of recognizing and fighting something than if it isn't. Forgetting about an adjustment or non adjustment. It's just the truth. And I, th- I don't think anybody, even a you know, biomedical researcher, PhD with 100 degrees next to it, you can't argue with if you have a healthier nerve system, you're probably better off fighting something than if your nerve system is weak. Right? And do you think anybody could argue that point? No. And that's the whole idea. And the whole idea is, why aren't we telling that? Why aren't we talking about that? That's what we have to talk about. Right? That, this is our mission. Our mission, like, if you think about a mission trip, like there was a picture of Dr. Santo when he was in Haiti, right? And he made a number of trips to Haiti. I think going on mission trips is really fabulous. It's such an important thing. Great experience for you guys, you know, to adjust that many people, whatever. But is the point of a mission trip going there so you can give free care and not have to document? Is that the whole point? Right? What's the point? The point is to turn the power on to people who weren't getting their power turned on before. Right? But do you have to go to Haiti to do that? Do you have to go to Dominican to do that? Right? Do you have to go anywhere else to do that but your own office or a clinic right down over here or your peak doctor? Right? Isn't that where the mission trip starts? Because if you really think, what's the word mission in mission trip? Right? What's the word mission mean? Right? It's my vision. It's my calling. The mission trip, you don't have to go on a jet plane to go anywhere. Your mission trip is right here, right now. Right where you, right? Grow where you're planted. That's where your mission trip is. Your mission trip is right now. 
You don't have to wait. You don't have to go say, I can't wait on this mission trip. No, your mission trip is when you go into the clinic over here. Right? And I'll tell you how you know you have a successful mission trip. When you go in the clinic right there and all your patients are referring like crazy. And you're like turning away, you're giving some of your friends in your quarter, I, I can't take all these patients, these guys, you gotta get here because I, I can only handle like 10 or 15 of these people, right? That's how you know your mission trip is. If you're just going in to the clinic and saying, I, like, let me just figure out the, the minimum, let's see, I go on my phone or, or on you know, my eye uh, watch, on my calculator now, and I'll figure out what's the minimum I need for this quarter, right? I just, if I just get 20 adjustments, which means I need like two and a half adjustments a week, and I, how do I figure out that half one is a tough one? So maybe I'll get an extra adjustment here so I can have three adjustments a week each week, and that'll give me the bare minimum. If that's how you're squeaking through, then what's going to happen when you're in your practice? You better flip that switch. The mission begins now. The switch does not flip if you don't flip it now. Until you get a slap on your head when you're in practice and you're saying, where are all the people? Right? The time is right now to go on your mission trip. The time is every person you speak to. The time is that person buying on the table in clinic. Do you have any grandkids? Because most of you guys are just the senior citizens from what I can gather in the clinic. You, got, you have any grandkids? Yeah. Any of them have any like autism, ADHD, allergies, or asthma? <laughs> yeah, all of them do. Well, how come I'm not seeing them? And you might say, well, <clears throat> Grandma's going to say, well, uh, I'm the only one who lives here. Everybody else is in Kentucky or Indiana or Tennessee. Who cares? Then find them one. You know how you build your own practice? By being the biggest referrer. Every single day, I'm referring to some other chiropractor around the country and the world to find, so your, your friend lives in Idaho? Fine, we're going to find a chiropractor. Your friend's from Ohio? Fine, I'm going to find a chiropractor for you. Right? You want people to refer to you? What do you got to do? You gotta refer out to them. Do you get that? That's your mission. Your mission is a full circle thing, right? There's a great saying from the Bible, as you sow, so shall you reap. Right? As you sow, so shall you reap. If you ain't sowing, you ain't reaping, right? You, if you, you can't be a farmer and say, you know what? I don't wanna sow right now. I just want the stuff to start growing, right? Or I'll just go, here, there's some seed, grow, will you? It won't work, will it? Right? A farmer is on a mission too. What's his mission? Is to feed the hungry. Right? So every time he's doing the mundane work, right, of plowing the field and pushing the seeds in and watering and weeding and whatever else the farmer has to do, right, that mundane stuff is the stuff that will feed the world. So the, the mundane stuff you do right now when you're in clinic or you're in your peak office, like, oh God, I just can't wait for this to be done, right? Then you're not on a mission. And if you're not on a mission, my, my, my question to you is why not? And what are you doing about it? Right now, you've got this much time left before you leave. What are you doing about it? Get on the mission. And your friends, there's friends in this room and there's friends outside this room that want to be on that mission with you. Right? Read the books and listen to the podcasts and go to the seminars and do the things that you need to do to slap yourself around the head so you can get on the mission now and don't wait till later. Right? Because the mission is now.